Hello, podcast and monomania. Hope you're having the best day. Before we get into today's show, I want to make everyone aware of the importance of kindness and compassion. Ingenuity and a sense of cooperation are definitely needed at times like this. It's a great time for Neon, especially, but however many first-time listeners are, are unaware of just how deep we've gone. Go into search within the show's listings and hunt around. You'd be super surprised at how many amazing Neon folks we've had on the show to date. And also take a screenshot or DM us. What I mean is let us know what you're hyped about and it may just end up in our next episode. And now today's podcast. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Mondo Neon Show. This is Max. I'm with Karen Chan uh, as my guest today. Very excited to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Is the first time I'm talking to someone from America about neon. <laughs> well, the, the world is is really a, a wide range of artists that are really. We talked earlier about this. Is just kind of before we kicked things off. Was you know the 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 wide range of artisans and people that are affected by neon is quite large, and there's this culture of what happens offshore, but also internationally. And I think it's important to maybe start with that, but also just you know for people who are unaware of maybe what it's like working in Hong Kong or deciding to study neon, you're you've got quite a different uh, you know lifestyle and experimenting with a lot of different traveling around and sort of starting with that what what's you know what's the economy for for neon for you was it something that you had wanted to you know culturally uh, attach yourself to or was it just a matter of like something you developed a, a love for at an early age yeah um so um growing up in hong kong of course like uh, we used to see a lot of neon signs on the street and um, I actually studied abroad as well for almost 10 years um, in UK, France, and New York. And so for me, um, and, and I also studied abroad when I was young, uh, not that young, but like 16, 17. And so like, uh, it's a funny thing when you're abroad, when you're away from home, sometimes when you're kind of homesick, uh, you're trying to seek your um, cultural identity, um, things like um, the official language of the city that you're born with would be something that you would be looking for things that you normally see every day but um, when you're in a, a totally different environment that you miss so much and you realize that um it's, it's something that holds you back to home so like i have to admit that um when i was hong kong growing up i didn't cherish like neon signs or our food like dim sum a lot of these tiny normal daily life things as much and when I was abroad like this is when I start to like it and starts to actually look into it as well um so uh after studying and went back to Hong Kong like uh, actually back and forth uh to work um in eventually I started my own design studio um, that I worked on exhibition and um, event designs and uh, we do a lot of non-commercial exhibitions every year um, that for me personally was just like we all uh, kind of 
not everyone knows, but everyone in the town knows that Hong Kong is kind of like a cultural desert that they don't um, value art and design that much, which is, we still need a lot to push on. And um, so for me, because of my background in art and design school, I know a lot of talented local artists that um, they just didn't get chance to showcase the work or even like have a platform or space to develop their own work. So um, that's also one of the reasons I started doing this like uh, non-commercial exhibitions. And uh, one of them is actually related to NEON, uh, where I created and organized a group art exhibition for um, the general public for visual write about Hong Kong streetscapes inspired by neon light. And it was hosted in a, a former car park as well. Um, that was like a, when I was thinking, like actually planning this exhibition before, uh, something that came into my mind, um, apart from uh, trying to make the whole thing look very theatrical with the contrast, because like uh, it's almost the first neon, like real neon light exhibition in Hong Kong, because I think we have a lot of exhibitions about it back then, like it might be photography work or like we have um, embroidery artists who did like neon uh, inspired work that they might embroider some neon on canvas or photography. Uh, but then um, we don't really see a whole show with real like glass neon signs because in the city, um, people, when you talk about neon signs these days, they will still ask about, they would assume it's LED neon, actually. Um, a lot of times I ask my clients like, oh, do you want glass neon or LED neons? Because they're told different thing and that affect their budget a lot. But um, yeah, somehow, I don't know why. We're a different type know. of practice, you know, especially when it comes yes. down to the general culture. Like we touched on this clearly was female neon artists you know, incorporating from these masters. So you have kind of targeted this as like a, an interest of yours. And with so much neon sort of being taken down in the Hong Kong space, how did you find these individuals? You know, I always try to increase people's awareness of what it's like to kind of, you know, feel empowered, especially for a female. I think in the main sort of dominant neon industry, it had been quite uh, male demographic based, but I think it's a, a large mixture of people at this <laughs> point. Uh, was your, you know, what technology did you use to kind of, uh, you know, kind of look and investigate and for these technical skills, because it's, uh, there's a limit, right? You can't just walk into a sign and then kind of one day go, okay, now I know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so like uh, through the uh, neon exhibition that I mentioned to you, which the name was My Light, My Food, um, and I asked all the artists to basically create um, a streetscape of a certain district of Hong Kong, um, that is dear to their heart and we add like neon glass on top as an accent and through this like exhibition we actually work with one of the most prominent and um, oldest as well most experienced neon master in Hong Kong and I was actually very lucky that uh, one of my friends got to know her daughter uh, I mean his daughter <laughs> sorry and that's how the uh, his name is uh, Wong Qinhua. Um, he's like a 70-year-old uh, master. And uh, I, I was super lucky enough because um, he normally, uh, you know, uh, the industry in Hong Kong is very, 
small but closed so they usually don't like to talk to um, strangers as if um, so through the introduction to his daughter uh, Kitty um, I got the chance to actually work with the master and actually also um, arranged like some very basic neon um, bending class for all the artists that would participate in, including myself so that was my first time really trying to bend or like actually uh, play around with the medium, I would say. And um, actually after this whole experience, um, I try to also create more multimedia um, neon work. Um, and uh, I actually tried to ask the master to teach me, but he refused. So I actually, um, funny enough, I actually found a glass studio in Hong Kong. Um, he's a Murano glass blower. And he, the glass blower was happy to teach me, but actually, uh, after not long after I realized he also just watched um, neon bending in on YouTube, and he teach me by that. And uh, I, so I learned like? two hours what, from this guy. <laughs> what's that? What's that yeah, like? I mean, sorry. look, there's is is the panic that you may go out and do something similar, so they don't want to teach you. I mean, what's the I'm curious, just oh, culturally, I mean, were, were you feeling sort of hurt by that? Or did it kind of come down to just practicality? Like, look, this is not working out for me. I need to go somewhere else. Because I like the fact that you're able to kind of transition that over. But I do wonder, you know, when people ask, you know, why is Neon as successful as it could be? I think remaining open and adjustable and, and understanding your expectations that if someone comes to work with you, uh, it's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> It, um, there are uh, actually like I could start to uh, make this realizational comparison after I also started learning with a Dutch seafood Remy in Netherlands and um, uh, from my experience I started to understand more um, why in the beginning Master Wong does not teach me and first is that he doesn't want um or people in the industry doesn't want competition because um, I have I also approached um, Tetranion, uh, the NGO in Hong Kong, to help me to hook up with um, other uh, neons uh, masters in town and try ask them to teach me because of my um, actually because I have some basic skills already, um, but then they refuse because um, they uh, the economy, the neon economy in Hong Kong is so small because the government is um, taking down a lot of neons, uh, I mean like uh, outdoor commercial signs mm -hmm. and um, and so like the only job peop uh, these neon artists can get is like uh, maybe mostly from interior uh, neon signs and um, so the more the demand has been lessened so much that they don't want more competition in the industry this is the first thing i um that is a practical reason and also if you look at the demographic of the neon um artists in hong kong like a lot of them maybe started learning neon bending when it was back in the 50s or 60s or even 70s and they actually learn it um, because they try to make a living so for them, it's a crafts, a tools to make a living. And that's why they defend it so much when it affects their uh, livelihood. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so which I also personally understand. And the second thing is they don't know how to teach. <laughs> Funny enough is because like the more I spend time with the Sifu, like, um, sorry, Sifu is a Cantonese word on about like neon master on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, because back in the 50s and 60s, when he started learning it, he didn't really learn from his own master. He learned it by observation. So I, I'm not sure if it's like an Asian culture that um, we always have a saying that uh, you won't pass down the skills until, unless it's your own children, kind of. Um, so it's kind of something like a technical the skills that some masters would kept to himself and he wouldn't really teach his apprentice. So it's a... So when the master was learning when he was young, he only learned by observation, uh, practicing on his own. So even for him, when I was learning from him, like uh, for these past year, uh, even during the pandemic, uh, I realized that a lot of times he couldn't express why or how should I do a certain move or certain angle, um, because like he he just um, he just verbally can't um, tell me how and uh, I have to actually run it through myself I will be like okay is it like because of a certain theories I propose something and then um, and then he would agree or not and then I would carry on on learn uh, trying to make uh, trying to bend it in a certain way yeah so so, so you it's funny how, how observant you are you know with the fact that you can travel and learn uh, and then I think sort of the safety net that he kind of felt uh, unsafe in the way that his mindset was working because, because yeah, because it's such a trade. But at the same time, I think, um, you know, the recommendation that I have is to always, you know, see what you can find and encourage people that, you know, the opportunities mm-hmm. are there. They may not be specifically there. And this goes for anything, I think, is to, um, you know, take uh, take what you can and learn from it. And, and it's interesting that you were able to kind of, that he hadn't laid out this plan. It wasn't a, a, a you know, a gear that he had, you know, it was like he took on a, a certain amount of risk, you know, telling you what it was. But then, like you said, is that the fundamentals to teaching are a little bit different, uh, you know, and, and probably the discomfort and knowing that there's someone else in the studio when he's probably been working uh, correct me if I'm wrong by himself, right? Is it a single individual? So, uh, yes, totally. Um, so, um, for me, um, I'm actually working on um, an experimental neon project around the world. So, I'm really grateful that I have this chance to learn from different neon artists and masters and how, uh, from the experience that I'm learning with them I learned so much about even my city and how I find more cultural value through maybe even conversations with the masters or like tiny little details uh, that I could dig up uh, when I work with him one of the very interesting thing was also um, uh, so when I was with my Dutch uh, artist like Rami uh, he told me there were all different new troops uh, you can do with the bending, which I'm 
pretty sure you probably know, but back then I didn't. Uh, so basically, they're uh, very transparent neon tubes or like neon tubes that were baked with a neon powder already. And he told me, oh, like sometimes he would do the spread the neon powder after he did all the bending. And so like uh, it was almost uh, maybe a few weeks ago when I was talking to the neon master Wong in Hong Kong, I was just like, oh, actually, how come in Hong Kong, all of our neon tubes are baked? Like at least all the neon tubes I saw in his studio are, are baked uh, with neon powder. And then I was like, oh, but when I was in um, Netherlands. I saw my uh, Remy, he was doing it in different ways. And then what the master in Hong Kong was actually telling me that, oh, uh, when you do um, get, he get into very technical, like, oh, when you, uh, because in Hong Kong, um, they're doing commercial science. So back in the days, they have to produce something really quick and fast. So uh, they would have all the neon tubes baked with uh, neon powder so that there will be more efficiency because if they're using a clear neon tube, um, because we mostly, the neon science in Hong Kong are a lot of, crazy twisted Chinese characters mm -hmm. and um, it would be very hard for the neon powder to get in and then it would delay their productivity so like in that sense because of the economical uh, value of it he like most of the uh, masters here they would just use the baked ones so even in that part I find it very amusing because it gets back to our local culture and history on how in Hong Kong is a financial hub. Everything has to be like very snappy, quick, uh, uh, very productive. And that also affects how our neon industry is. Um, mm -hmm. That um, if we only have commercial neon signs. So what I'm trying to do is actually to bring in some experimental neon um, work that uh, might be the way that um, I explore glass as a medium or the gas as a medium or even like a, in, um, in crop some new media uh, to make it like an interactive installation so that people can see that neon is not just about commercial signs or like, um, like a very standard way of how they view it even as an art form. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and the, and the, what's interesting too is um, just the, I guess the level of the quality, right, is that not every sort of project has the same look and, and Neon has a, a wonderful way of showing that. I think we've made a lot of progress in the States when it comes mm -hmm. to artistic movements and, and light. I still think there's a lot of obviously the general confusion between signage and everyone will play into this mm -hmm. issue of no, it's art, it's not a sign. But clearly, I mean, the general public will, you know, put what they want, whatever tag they want onto it. I think the more important thing is to um, just take it, uh, you know, take people through the steps, you know, what it is, um, how it's how it's created. And ultimately, you know, if people like it, they like it. I think everybody's tastes are different. Um, everybody has a, a certain thing they like about Neon and others have a very passionate way of, of breaking it down and, and saying that it's, you know, it's, socially uh, an issue it, it's distasteful or it's too loud but you know the idea of equality in art I mean everybody has their own likes and I, I generally think that it has a good place in the art world so it's nice to see um, you know the building of this move, you know momentum I think a lot of it is coming from 
the younger generation, but also truth be told, I mean, Neon has been around for quite some time. It just, I think it's becoming um, just more, more regarded as an actual, you know, object in, inside of another, you know, uh, way of working. You know, the simple fact that you can make a painting, but also combine it with methods that are uh, light-based. And it's a very f uh, freedom-like, you know, material. It does have a very unfortunate way of breaking. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> when you look at the colors, um, it's fascinating that there are other means of interpretation. You know, most people will say it has a certain glow to it. I've heard that before. Um, do you, when you work with Neon, are you thinking about um, the project as a whole or ways to include actual neon? And then the other part is, you know, where do you exhibit? Do you have, since you are traveling around, are you working on projects now that are, you know, using neon at the moment? Yes, actually. Um, so um, the Neon Girl project that I mentioned to you earlier um, was, is actually um, an experimental project uh, design project um, globally that I aim to learn from six um, different artists around the world. And from that, and based on our experience, um, I will be producing six different um, experimental multimedia neon installations. And um, the exhibition um, that I was aiming would be in uh, 2023, March, like which is the Art Basel period in in Hong Kong so um, so this is my plan and uh, so far I've already um, did my kind of artist residency with the Hong Kong master Wong King Wa and then I'll be also doing another artist residency with um, uh, Remy from Netherlands and also um, I found an artist in France and I will also be doing one in US actually and Italy and Taiwan um, but also depends on the pandemic. Um, I'll see if I can make it to Italy and Taiwan. And um, uh, another piece that I'm working with that is actually based on an experimental piece I did with Ray before was um, actually exploring like uh, the the glass walls of um, um, how how like kind of like a glass blowing technique. Uh, when you're doing in neon bending, I'm pretty sure um, maybe when you look at it, you will feel like, oh, this is like something you have seen, like, or uh, something that is so not so special, but like for Hong Kong audience, uh, it is fair. Uh, most of our neon work are kind of like a standard commercial signs put on, like maybe a piece of canvas or paint. They haven't seen neon even as glass in different forms. And I was also planning to put like sign on gas in my new work and uh, which would be exhibited for um, a Karen Lam Foundation in Hong Kong that explores uh, women's self-love and embracement on our uh, female bodies. Um, so the work, um, basically I'm trying to get um, the silhouette images of like a lot of my friends and um, you know how uh, women bodies can be very curvy or like not too curvy or like uh, because Karen Lung Foundation is also a foundation that uh, fosters or focus on promotion of um, raising the awareness of um, cervical cancer in women. So I also found some uh, women who 
used to have like breast cancer, like to show the bodies to me as well. And then uh, with the glass blowing technique, I'm gonna try to um, blow it like the body and then join them together so that, uh, wait, I'm thinking, am I explaining it visually accurately? And yeah. then um, at the end of the day, I'll put on like sign on gas in it so that uh, the visual will be quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um, what I sense is there's a lot of practicality, and I think the most important thing I, I guess I take away from all of that is just perspective. I think the shift between what people are are used to seeing and, and sort of just making people aware that there are different sides to neon is also kind of interesting. How you're bringing that into almost like a humane perspective, you know, especially with females or commonly associated terms with uh what we commonly know as you know the body but you know there's no uh sort of magic like you have to do the work and, and so you, you traveling around and getting all this done is there anything that's helped you kind of stay grounded in especially with covid and, and things like stress or do you kind of look at that at all or kind of just you know continue to work as hard as you can oh i think i think um yeah, I have actually been traveling like um, during COVID uh, a lot. I know a lot of people will probably hate me for saying this. And even being in Turkey now is my four, seventh trip, like since the pandemic has started. And one of the reasons is um, actually my boyfriend and I, we moved to Netherlands and um, we have started to um this to get this like remote working environment for us um so uh from my journey actually um that allows me to visit different countries or cities um it actually opened up my like not only my eyes and my experience and even on how I want to experiment um neon as a medium uh, it didn't really ground me that much because um, I, I'm still lucky and very grateful enough that I get to travel and actually speak to more people. Um, and um, somehow I really enjoy uh, being kind of like an agent <laughs> of, um, of Global Neon because um, I realized that not a lot of people actually have the chance to learn from different neon artists or masters because maybe even the language barrier. But um, what the kind of experience I have with my Hong Kong master and the Dutch uh, artists is that um, every time when I'm talking to them, I'm trying to pass them kind of knowledge on uh, what's going on with the, the, the other neon studio in the in the other part of the world and oops, and like um I, I think it's very valuable for them and quite inspiring as well and kind of enjoyable for them as well because like what are the chances that you really get into uh deep dive into how the other neon studio artist is doing in the other part of the world like even the tools um you know uh equipment or even the bending techniques or even some of the guest equipments. So uh, especially for my Hong Kong master, like uh, he's 70 years old, he still travels around the world. Oh, sorry, um, because they're having the mosque okay. <laughs> uh, prayer calling. <laughs> I think. Yeah, your master, 
the master and uh, his idea of traveling, he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it should be fine, even with this, right? I don't know. Yeah, and so... What's been... Are you... uh, Any, um, I guess, rewarding from the standpoint of uh, thoughtful kind of career moments for you? Are you are you going to continue working with Neon and, and keep keep that going? It sounds like it, it sounds like a really exciting project. Um, several stages, obviously, at this point you've been through. Uh, when can we expect, I guess, another show? You said 2023 also as well, but uh, social media also. You're on Instagram um, at uh, Karen Chan as well, which is spelled a little differently. We'll put that in the show notes so people can follow you. What if people want to contact you directly? You have uh, email contact as well, and you can actually reach out to you on Instagram. Is that the best way, Instagram? Um, yes. Like um, I'll still be doing uh, neon work. It is kind of my sidekick, and I'm still like aiming to like practice neon every week whenever I'm in the city where the um where my neon artist is and um yeah people can definitely contact me via my Instagram I think usually that's also how I got rich and um actually my Instagram name is Chang Kalun which is like a Chinese name uh and also a super boyish name as well um but I, I just love it I think it's just like how I am as a neon female practitioner in this male dominant industry maybe it will help as well when I tell people my Chinese name they all thought I'm a boy and I think in especially in Hong Kong when you're doing a neon bending you have to kind of have this like toughness because it's such a dangerous uh, craft unlike any others and it has all the delicacy but and also like um, toughness mm-hmm. you need at the same time, which I think uh, is so precious. And I'm super grateful that I got to learn it and practice it as a woman. I think you have, I mean, definitely your, what I truly find inspiring is your level of patience. And I think, you know, also just the goal, I think, you know, regardless of what, you you know, people identify, you know, uh, your name with, I think you've challenged that right away. I think uh, kindness and sincerity and the biggest strength in all of this, I think, is just hearing your story is um, your ability to remain positive. Uh, I think even within all of that is just a lot of challenging issues happening all at one time. And I think the kind of the the identity factor is that you know there's all sorts of new neon artists uh, who are making an extra uh, commitment. You know how they can invest in themselves, but also uh, communicate this story with other people. Like the incredible project that you have with you know the Hong Kong community, and then taking sort of the next step uh, in this road to kind of help people understand your art. And then the message across the board is just like, you know, networking is what I take away from it. It's really powerful. And uh, I think it, it very much prepares you for what's going to happen next, I think. So uh, thank you, Karen, so much for coming on here and, um, and just, you know, helping uh, spread the message about your work. It's really exciting. 
thank you so much <laughs> for having me as well. It's really nice to chat with someone in the same industry. And I would love to learn more about、um, the American neon culture as well and how our own neon culture in Hong Kong is so different. To yours. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up, and as always, thanks for listening.